cultivating environments that are more healthy, that are more proactive, um, investing your time and energy expenditure into conversations that are going to fuel you, um, and enable you rather than embitter you. I think that's something to be more conscious of. Welcome to the artist becoming podcast. Hey Jess. Hey, Shelby, a five, six, seven, eight. Join us in weekly conversations with performing artists across stages, studios, rinks, fields, and screens. Every conversation, a chance to dive deep into the story of their becoming. All right, Shelby, let's get on into it. Welcome to another episode of Inside Out, Small Chats, Big Topics, where together we discuss some big topics that are circulating our industry, those ones that we just don't usually get to talk about. We're going to share some personal insights, stories, good giggles, nitty-gritty challenging sides of the industry that we just don't usually sit with. And if you have a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, DM us your thoughts at artistbecoming on Instagram or send us an email at artistbecoming at gmail.com. Hey, Jess. Hey, Shelby. Welcome back, friends. Another episode of Small Chats, Big Topics. We are here to talk to you all today about ye old adage. <laughs> ye old adage, misery loves company. Um, and it need no introduction because misery's a cruel, cruel lady. And, um, we're going to talk about how it relates to the performing arts industry. Um, I know we've all experienced it. So bonding over that misery. Um, Shelby, why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with that, how you've seen it manifest inside of studios, on stages, and just talk about the relevance and, the, and maybe what you've experienced in your personal journey. <sighs> You know what I'm thinking of in this very moment? I'm thinking about that scene from Mean Girls when they're all like looking at themselves in the mirror and calling out things they hate about themselves. And then they look at like the main girl to like listen to what she hates. And she's just like, like she comes up with nothing. And so it's interesting. I'll never forget a conversation that I had with some of my um, core core de ballet girls in the Boston Ballet. And we were... It was during a run of Nutcracker when we just lived in our dressing room when we weren't on stage. And it was just this constant, constant influx of injury and tiredness and burnout and all the things. And like rarely were we ever kind of connecting over positive things. You know, it was just this kind of collective bonding over bitching for better words. It was just absolute sitting in the sick together and bonding over that. And while I think that when you're going through particularly challenging seasons and as performing artists, like that is it, it's this like up and down of really rough seasons. The some are more physically taxing, some are more mentally taxing. We almost depend, we have, we have this very strong interdependence on the bonds that we form over like roughing it together. You know, the whole, like in the trenches together type of thing. And that's not for nothing. Um, but in terms of cultivating environments that are more healthy, that are more proactive, um, investing your time and energy expenditure into conversations that are going to fuel you, um, and enable you rather than embitter you. I think that's 
something to be more conscious of. And one of my former colleagues kind of pointed it out one day. She's like, do you guys ever just notice that the only thing we kind of connect over is like negative. <laughs> and we were all just like sitting, putting our stage makeup on. And I was just like, yeah, like, why is that? It would be super almost inappropriate to come down after a show and be like, I nailed that. Yeah. I feel great about that show y'all. Like, no, no one's coming down saying that to each other. And there should be a space for that. You know, we can be humble in moments of let we, we can gloat humbly, right. Or we can collectively bond over things that are going to lift us up rather than kind of tear us down. And there's a lot of different angles to take into this conversation, but I guess I'll start it there. I'd love to hear just uh, what people were talking about in your dressing rooms. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of funny, but it's almost, I'm thinking what just popped into my mind when you spoke to the dressing rooms was that sort of phrase locker room talk that was happening a while back. That was about something entirely different, but it's almost dressing room talk is almost its own piece. It's its own brand of that. And, um, and as you said that I just was reminded of how historically uncomfortable dressing rooms were for me just historically uncomfortable. I didn't, I think what's really hard is that when you're exactly what you said, it becomes this incubator for everyone to kind of dump and then you all start to dump. And if you're, if you're presenting any other energy than that, it's, you're almost shunned from the group. It's, it's just, yeah, it's an energy thing. And it's, um, I don't think one positive person can shift that energy. I think one positive person does the absolute opposite of that, which is they, they actually create such a polar reaction to the negative energy that that person gets totally exiled from the community. And, and it gives the few, it actually gives the negative people more fuel for their fire. Yeah. And I, I, I'm actually just remembering there was, there was a sort of ritual that happened in one of my shows that I was in, um, in the dressing room that I just didn't want to partake in and I would leave when it would happen. And it, it, it wasn't actually a super negative thing. It just wasn't my thing. And, um, but it, it, it was, I don't know. The, the point of it was to say that I've been historically good at exiling myself. <laughs> and that's not great either, you know? And I think um, it, it actually ties a little bit into that conversation we had about res- almost the generational tension and friction. Uh, it's yeah. a little bit of that. It's that it's the same energy kind of friction. I think that the danger in it is that... Um, it's very, when we cancel culture is kind of a big thing right now. And that's a whole separate topic, but what bonding over misery or misery, miserating, commiserating together does is it can very often peg something or someone or some casting or some teacher or some dancer or some circumstance, even if it's not just over pain or exhaustion, if it's about something more specific, which happens, right? Yeah. Even if it's with the ballet master or I don't know, whoever it might be or the director or the choreographer that comes in and everyone or the new girl and everyone has a collective kind of commiserated thing about it. Yeah. It very quickly puts that other into a position where they are 
they're on a lost game. Like they have no chance of winning. Nothing they can do can change the herd mindset, right? So, and then the misery, it's almost like what you're, what you name or are looking for will find you. It's that same thing of once you all get into that negative mindset and it's collective, you show up in the studio or on the stage and that's all you see. So it becomes, and it's very hard to choose a collective emotion differently. It's very hard to say, okay, everybody, (laughs) (laughs) we're just going to love, live, laugh, love today. Live, laugh, love, live, laugh, love. That's not, you know, um, so I think it's just, dang- I think it's a dangerous um, sort of wormhole, loophole, rabbit hole that a, that a collective group can enter into. And unfortunately, it's the same thing in relation, it's the same relational concept of trauma bonding. It's like, it's so easy to bond with someone over your shared trauma. It's, it's the quickest, easiest way yeah. that we know to bond with people, friendships. It's the quickest, easiest way when a, someone else also isn't cast in the ballet. It's almost like the quickest way to make a friend Yeah. versus coming together with two things that light you up. It's just, it's a human condition. We're so easily drawn to people that share our same pain. Yeah, that is it. That's it. It's yeah. It's so many things came up for me while you were just articulating that. And I think one thing that I love about these like little snippet conversations is how broadly they pull on all these other conversations that we're having, whether it's you and I in small chats or conversations that we're having at large with guest artists. But I'm thinking just about how some, the majority of our topics come back to relationships. And I was doing um, a mindfulness workshop for a company last week and talking about how mindfulness is relationality. Like it is our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to our thoughts, our relationship to our awareness and attending to our awareness. And I think about how we just as a matter of survival as humans, we're obsessed with and fully dependent on others, right? Like gratitude is a huge mindfulness practice. And what's so special about gratitude is it makes you realize like, I am dependent on other people to survive and I have gratitude for what they bring into my life, or I have gratitude for what I can offer to theirs. And, you know, you look, I'm, I've been following the Olympics so closely. I'm obsessed with the Olympics. And also I watch every single one of those events. I don't care if it's gymnastics, my favorite and I, and ice skating or like discus throwing. And I want to ball my eyes out almost every single time I watch doesn't matter the event because I have a relationship with pursuing something that I love at the cost of being with my family at the cost of honestly, like holistic well-being, which is why you and I are sitting here talking, trying to change that, um, or facilitate conversations that will affect meaningful change in that space. And definitely writing off on a tangent right now, but just to say in relation to misery, <laughs> just last on myself back in, in relationship to misery loves company, I think there's just this opportunity that we have to show up differently. And it doesn't mean being disingenuous and bursting into a dressing room and being like today, y'all we're going to self-love together collectively. Um, no, there's a way of showing up authentically in your feelings, um, say, you know what, like I'm exhausted. I'm sure y'all are too. And 
you know, I'm sure there was someone out there in the audience, some little girl that's literally never seen the nutcracker before. And we just did something meaningful for her and just take a moment to recognize that just it's these tiny little quick perspective shifts. And you said something. So one of my, one of my favorite things you spoke to, which is that when we say the words, I am whatever follows that will eventually find us. Like I am tired. I am exhausted. I'm stressed. Yeah. The more we lean into those feelings, the more they're going to, we're going to embody them. And it's not to say, let's just tell ourselves a bunch of lies and be like, I'm thriving. I'm thriving (laughs) when she's struggling out here, but it's, it's to say, you know, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm going to take one step at a time into my day. I'm going to take four minutes to focus on my breath or to call a close friend or to laugh at some silly memes, you know, that, that might be a waste of time, but are actually just an investment in my own, the levity of my energy right now in this moment. Um, so it's a lot of like perspective switching and reframing, but it can go a really long way, especially if each of us are doing that and we come into a space a studio, a dressing room, a backstage, an on stage, like that energy, you can't ignore that, you know? Yeah. Wow. I think I, and I'm, I'm trying to think of what are the kind of proactive or the thoughts to, to think about. And I think there's two things that are coming to me right now. One, normalize talking about other things when you're with your coworkers, normalize talking about your families, your dating lives, what you're cooking, what you're watching, what you're listening to, what you're reading, you know, normalize that. You've already done the show 500 times. We don't need to go into the dressing room and talk about who was on the wrong count and they, my shoe hurt. Normalize. (laughs) Oh my God, my shoe hurts. Did you guys listen to that new small chat, big topic? (laughs) Whatever. Um, Yeah. Right. Just normalize being your full self and leaving the misery, leaving the misery where it belongs. And then the more important question is just become aware of the energy you leave and encounter with whatever, whatever that is in your life, whether it's a dinner party, a dressing room, a studio space, a conversation, just check in with your body and your nervous system 10 minutes after, because when you leave that dressing room where you were all commiserating or sinking low in the misery of it and bonding over that, you probably don't feel much better when you leave. So just start to move towards the people, the conversations, even if that means you form smaller friendships or smaller groups or smaller bonds, invest in those. And just the little thought I want to leave is that we had that comes up so relevantly to this is that we were guiding a school workshop and we asked students a certain prompt. And one of the anonymous answers was that a theme that had arisen for this person and it shocked the whole room was they wrote in toxic friends. And this was at a ballet school and the whole room started laughing. They got really uncomfortable, but it relates exactly to this, which is that it's just unfortunately really common in our industry, but it's common in any workplace. And so normalize like walking away from those friendships that constantly you find yourself spilling into this dark hole and, and reinvesting your energy and endorsing your energy in that other girl who really makes you laugh or just the space where you can be the most 
kind of grounded, present, joyful version of yourself where you have room to feel your feels, but you're not actually almost encouraged to be only those darker feelings. Cause I think that's sort of what happens. It becomes almost like if you're not down here with us, right, right, right. You, yeah. So yes, yes. learning how to redirect your attention and reinvest in the, in the people that the people, the spaces, the places, the hobbies that give you an outlet, a, a positive outlet. Yeah. I love those action steps. I think one, one easy place to start too, is just to sit for a moment and reflect on like, who do you enjoy spending time with? Like think of two people maybe that you enjoy spending time with and then ask yourself why, why is it enjoyable for me to spend time with this person, whether it's on the phone or in person or whatever, what is it about this interaction fuels me and leaves me wanting to come back for more. And that might not be people that we work with. Like it's, it's important to acknowledge that, you know, that we have our family, we have friends, the family that we choose for ourselves, then we have our work family. And those aren't always the people that you might invite into your life otherwise. And it doesn't mean to ostracize yourself from this collective that you're contributing towards, but it's just to say, be specific with your, your intentions, you know, and if, if something's not your flavor, cool, don't eat it. Yeah. Easy. Don't eat it. Yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Because you know what else loves company? What's the opposite of misery? <laughs> I was like, please don't get too cheesy. I said, this is going to be cheese on a stick. Go get your cheese y'all. Joy, joy, joy. Go joy find your cheese. <laughs> I love a good charcuterie. That sounds like the opposite of misery to me. <laughs> A nice cheese plate, a fig jam, a manchego. Ooh, please. I mean, issues with dairy. That is definitely misery for those of you who can't eat dairy. <laughs> okay, we're done. It's Cut it off. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. Want to connect further with our community at Artists Becoming? Rate and review this podcast and subscribe to stay on top of our weekly guest artist conversations and our small chats, big topics. Check out www.artistbecoming.com to learn more about our monthly subscription membership filled with on-demand guided meditation and yummy yoga practices to support your unique journey as a performing artist. Follow along on Instagram at artistbecoming for sneak peeks and inspiring content and DM us the dream artists, athletes, performers, psychologists that you'd love to hear from or topics you'd like for us to unpack. Sharing is caring, so fire up that group chat, share to your stories, comment, share, 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 and just stay connected with us. We are here for your becoming.